Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Likes or cough, or if you plan to or recently received a vaccine. With Sky Rizzi, there's nothing like clearer skin and better movement, and that means everything. Ask your doctor today about Sky Rizzi and visit SkyRizzi.com or call 1-866-SKY-RIZZI to learn more. It's 2 p.m. in Memphis. Giannato and Jeffrey time. Get off the fence. Live on Memphis's sports station. 92.9 FM ESPN. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Giannato and Jeffrey show. We're coming to you live from Memphis, Tennessee. My name is Jeffrey Wright. You can follow me on Twitter, on X at jwright929 ESPN. Over in the producer's booth, Dennis Fuller, producer of the program for us. Sitting across from me is the Commercial Appeals lead sports columnist, the lead sports columnist to the number one sports section in the state of Tennessee. Top three sports columnists in the state of Tennessee, barely. Tied for eighth, best sports columnist in the United States of America. He is on Twitter, on X, at MGNato. Mark, good day, sir. Jeffrey, you sent me a text message last night. Yes. That I didn't realize it was already this dire for you. Oh, yeah. We're only two days into post-football Ooh. here, and you sent me a text message saying, apparently at some point last night, yes. you uh, set about naming every Super Bowl champion since... When? Correct. So my wife, who's now a Bills fan, had never seen the what is it? Four Bill, whatever. Four <clears throat> Bill. The the thirty for thirty on the Bills. Where four winners the, of Buffalo or yeah, something, or something like, like that. The four Falls. I think. Four Falls. Yeah, I think it's yeah. the Four Falls of Buffalo Ni- and Niagara Falls in the background. So she was asking me. She's like, because I was cooking dinner last night. She's like, is this good? And I was like. It's not exactly a pick me up, but it's good. Like, like, you kind of have the nice ending. Are but, you from Buffalo? Yeah, but I, I, I was like, I was I don't like, know if you want to relive it. Maybe you yeah. wanted to relive it. Still, yeah, it's it's, a, it's, it is well done. It's unfortunate that the literally greatest era of Buffalo Bills football is honestly just remembered as like heartbreaking. I will say though, it does feel like. They are no. That's unfortunate. They are no longer the go-to reference for losing. Yes, they were for. You a know while what I mean? There. Like, even, even though they probably should have kept the mantle, they, it's going to be hard to top that. Pretty tough. It's going to be hard to top that. I do think what has helped is you start to realize, like, we hadn't quite fixed the balance between the AFC and the NFC at that point. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That was still kind of teams that were historic NFL teams mm-hmm. still kind of had the one up on the AFL teams, and that. I think we realized like through time, but yeah. So 
I, I'm cooking dinner, and then I, I check in right at the start of the first Super Bowl, which I would argue. That was the closest they got. That's the only one that I would argue. They should have won. Correct. The yeah. other three, you, I they, mean, I guess, I guess you could make the argument against, against Washington. Kelly lost that game by just throwing so many interceptions. Yeah. At the same time, it seemed to me the better team won. Well, regardless, you've set out to name every Super Bowl since that one. I wanted to start with that one. and I was Since like, the first Buffalo right. loss. So I'm born in 88. We don't need to name them, but I just, right. that's where you're at already. That's yeah. what, so that's what you did last yeah. night. Instead, yeah. you know, but college it, basketball's not piqued your interest yet. We and nothing in the NBA here in the All Star break. Now that the Grizzlies are kind of out of it, nothing, nothing no, no, like that. Really. I actually, when I turned on ESPN today, I realized we're the part of the NBA calendar that like truly aggravates me. Mm. We are in the made up drama category. Mm. Well, uh, we're going into All Star break. This is like you know peak. Rumor, you know, rumor time, if you will, because everyone's getting together. You know, it's like the, it's a big convention of NBA people. At yeah, the I would break. argue this is peak, like, crafting your narrative. This is always when you'd get a Damian Lillard, what's to say? Damian Lillard said, want to be a Blazer forever. And then six minutes later, you get sources close to Damian Lillard. He would be open to a trade. That's this peak time of the year. Quickly, though, back on the Buffalo Bills thing, two thoughts on that. <laughs> uh, number one, I asked Jeff this. Is Don Beebe a turncoat and maybe a ring chaser? Didn't get credit for it. Going to the Packers to get that ring. Mm-hmm. Here was the only reason I was willing to give him a slight pass. This is a deep dive. How I was willing to give him a slight pass. He did say on that documentary when they when he saw the final seconds ticking down, he th- he felt guilty and he thought about his his teammates in Buffalo. Took it straight to. Isn't he in the Hall of Fame, Don Beebe? Uh, is he in the Hall of Fame? No, maybe not. I don't think he just made a career out of being a special team. Uh, And then the other thing that you realize is athletes today, they have it so easy, and I feel like they complain more than ever. Like, you realize back then, in press conferences, they're just getting, so what's it like to be a bunch of losers? (laughs) Like, that was like the question from, like, if you would have been the beat reporter, like, what do you say? Like, they weren't even doing, like, the... One time, <laughs> no, you do. You do realize that if you go back and look, when and it's, it's here's what I'd say. It's also usually in certain markets. Ultimately, I know Buffalo's not. I known. would argue Buffalo's very similar to Memphis in yes. the sense that national people are always going to be tougher on them than the local people. Yes, because it's not a hyper competitive local mm-hmm. market, and you have to cover yeah, them. A, it's a one pro Correct, protein exactly. town, and so well, one major. Major pro. Oh yeah, I got the Sabers. Got the Sabers. You forgot. How dare you? I know. I'm You're sorry. a hockey guy. I know. Um, <clears throat> nonetheless, um, it was a rough night, but we do have Grizzlies basketball tonight. We and I thought last night an unexpected. I didn't even realize this was happening until I saw it pop up on social media. I didn't realize it was going to tangentially involve Memphis in so so such a way. Shaquille O'Neal had his jersey retired by the Orlando Magic, and Penny was there. And then Penny spoke. Penny spoke multiple times. Well, I don't know multiple times. He did a video, and then he spoke at the ceremony. Yeah. Um, Shaq spoke about him at a ceremony ahead of the, or like sort of a gathering ahead of the jersey induction that got caught on that that got put out there on social media. So it was before we get going. A we, cool night. We need to have this discussion. Check pull a coach K. Did you see did you see the setup during the when the 
everyone was speaking about him. And he was sitting in the throne? Yeah. Well, that's what they did for Zebo, right? I think he sat in a throne. Like a throne type of thing, if I recall correctly, it is. I think that's just like a thing. I don't recall that. Let me see. I got to look it up. Let's see if I can find a picture of it. Although, you know what? Maybe I wasn't at the retirement game, the jer- the jersey retirement. That's that's the problem. I wasn't at the retirement game. I was at his return yeah, he game. Was at, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he was, he was in something return. of a, like a throne. You know, it wasn't quite as elaborate as Shaq's last night. But the, uh, like, if you look at the video here I'm looking at, he's Zebo had uh, had his own little throne. I'm glad I wasn't there. It was well, fun. Did, that, Whatever. Ha- did just... that happen before Coach K or after Coach K? I, don't, I can't be a hypocrite. i got to be consistent. Um, what was the date on that? This was like this is before Coach K, twenty twenty one. Because Coach K, Coach K, sitting on the sitting on the chair and making everyone come up and say nice. things I mean, to him. Zebos is more of like a nice chair than a throne, but it's kind of a throne. It's got like, yeah, it's kind of a throne. All right. So um, I think that just might be a thing in the NBA when you do a jersey retirement these days. It's in fashion, in vogue. So Shaq, Shaq and Penny were back together again, and I think it. It obviously you realize when you watch some of this stuff sometimes like. Ultimately, like we all think of Penny now here in the local market, we talk so much about him as a as the basketball coach, and most people don't know him as the basketball coach necessarily. Like they still don't. Even now, six years in, they know him as Penny Hardaway, who played with Shaq on those great Orlando Magic teams. Well, I think there's clearly an age. Yes. Yeah, yeah that's true. Demarcation. That's true. Um, but it brings up an interesting topic that I wanted to talk about to start off by sell short or go to Reddit, which we'll play in a second. David Cobb's going to join us. Later this hour uh, from CBSSports.com, 2.30, 2.35 or so, get his thoughts. We haven't really talked, or maybe you did last week when I, was, uh, when I wasn't on, but like this Tennessee NIL case, we had like, they were in court yesterday, right? Yes. Um, and we had, someone brought a Vols flag yeah. and everything, but I want to talk to David. He, he's a UT grad and has followed this case closely, used to cover Tennessee, um, and I want to get his thoughts on what the heck's going on there. Um, and, and so we'll get his thoughts later this hour, 3 o'clock or so. We will get into the list. As Jeffrey mentioned, it's it's uh, make-up-the-narrative season. Mm-hmm. In the NBA, we've got Draymond versus Yusuf Nurkic, the Steph Curry-LeBron James trade report that came out today. Um, also, it's it's Super Bowl parade day. Well, and also in Kansas City, looks like the Niners might have found their scapegoat. Ooh, interesting. So all that next hour as well. So got a big show, but let's start it off with a little buy, sell, short, or go to Reddit. It's that time on ninety two nines Giannato and Jeffrey show where we either buy, sell, short, or go to Reddit. All right, Jeffrey. As I mentioned, I want to start with that ceremony last night. I thought it, right, it caught me by surprise. I didn't even know what was happening. That we were getting Shaq's jersey retirement on TNT as part of the Thunder uh, Magic game in Orlando. And, like, they had most of the guys from the team. Dennis Scott was there and doing the broadcast. Um, Nick Anderson, Brian Hill, like all those guys from those those Magic teams. Um, Horace Grant? I didn't. I don't, I, I, don't, I didn't see Horace Grant there. Horace is still with us, right? Yes. Okay. He was, at least he was in the last dance, remember? And I believe he is. Okay. Um, I don't think he has passed away. Uh, I believe he is alive. He's not that old. Um, and so, um, but it was interesting because Shaq, it was Shaq telling Penny at a gathering, like, I owe you a lot. Like, you you made me look good. And I know he's, I think he said it before. Like, they came, remember, there was like a little bit of period of time because Shaq's exit was pretty abrupt from Orlando. 
and controversial at the time. Well, wasn't Penny and Penny upset depart- about that? No, no, no. I'm no Penny's Penny with they- Penny's departure was different, but. Penny's was a little different. It was like, you know, of years of like the injury frustration right. and all that was beginning to, ma- you know, it happened. And, um, but it was still, Shaq legitimately forces out way out to the, it lake. was still a little, fr- it was always for a while there, a little frosty between, pe- or at least it was, it was perceived. Let's put it that way as a little frosty between Penny and Shaq, the rest of their careers, you know, but they've, they long well, ago, well, they came- definitely, Made up when Penny started recruiting his kid. Yeah, well, but even before yeah. that, they had, they, had, they had, like, I think just for a period of time, it was awkward. You know, ultimately, you know, that could, you know, Shaq and Kobe, those three titles, that could have been Penny. You know, like, right? Like, there's a scenario there where. I think Kobe's in a little different category. If Shaq and Penny stay together long term, you're telling me they don't win a title at some point? Eight, I guess title, it de- I, eight yeah. titles different than three okay. in a row. Well, that's what I mean. He could have won a title or whatever. But so. But nonetheless, and then Penny, during the ceremony, tells Shaq in his throne, hey like, throne. hey, like, you may, you know, I wouldn't be the player I am without you. You know, it was very, you know, lo- you know, they, they're both, they both acknowledge the role each played in their careers. Dueling BJs. Um, mm-hmm. he, like I said, my first team All-NBAs, my All-Star game, the, you know, gold medal we won together in 96. And none of it happens without you. And it was it was great. It was like really, you know, it was just like the the thirty that thirty for thirty they did together was really well done. I thought, and this was like fun to see. Like those were just fun teams yeah. and like fun memories. And it brought this hey, to, the the number one Orlando Magic still my first NBA jersey. Yeah, as you're watching it play out, because obviously that is where you know Penny Hardaway was known to Memphians before he was on the Magic, but by and large, most people. Their first memory of Penny Hardaway is playing on the Orlando Magic. Yeah, um, and and it's everything after that. Um, so here's my buy sell Schroeder go to Reddit for you. Now that obviously Penny is pursuing a different career path now as a coach at Memphis, Penny Hardaway's greatest accomplishment will be remembered as his NBA career. And okay. We should mention he is up for the basketball hall, right, Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame this here, year. Here's what I think we need to discuss. I what what else would qualify? Because the NBA career is so long and so yeah. broad. Like for instance, I can make an argument: the single greatest accomplishment is having one of the most successful Nike lines mm. of all time. Well, that, that could be. That could be the. Yeah, I think that applies. Like, if I you would, want to make that argument, I would argue cultural significance. The Lil Penny campaign. Is about as cultural, yeah. Is and the shoe is about as significant as anything. But can he have that without his NBA career? Correct. So like yeah. it's, it's 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 loaded questions, loaded by so sure to go to Reddit. Hmm. Okay. Like that's the other thing. Ninety six ninety six dream team is that his NBA career? Is that a separate? I think that's part. I think I would say group that with his like. Like, I would say basketball career. Let's put it that way. Okay, but then we're kind of differentiating between his NBA career and his college career. No, I think you can include college. Like, I think, like, ultimately, I would say basketball careers to me, yeah, I would include, like, all the ba- all the games he played, so to speak. Because the other problem is, if Penny Hardaway were in a different era, like, part of, part of like, maybe the lack of, in a different era, he would have gotten better medical 
treatment. No, no, but, but I'm saying also, like, in a different era of college, like, wouldn't have gotten the first microfracture surgery. He would have gotten, or like the second or whatever it was. He would have gotten like the 1,000th. But I mean, guys were routinely playing longer in college than Penny played. That's what I'm saying. Like, mm-hmm. he was in the, the peak era of like guys staying four years. And so that kind of hurts his, his standing overall like, as a college great. Now, he would be a college great. I mean, he was a f- first team All American. He was unanimous, I believe. Yeah, it's like, so, I don't know. I just include it all. He had a great career, ultimately. And so the question is, what, uh, to your point. So you're essentially you, saying, so this, will he be remembered for his shoes? Will he be remembered as a player? Or will he be remembered as a coach, first and foremost? Okay, so you're asking. I'm not asking. There, I'm no, giving you a buy, so okay, short. But, what I'm it. saying is. Essentially, but I'm trying to interpret it because you've gone mm. so vague that I know what you've done is you. It's just what will be his greatest accomplishment? It's not vague. What will be remembered as the greatest accomplishment of his career? His NBA career, his coaching career, or I think it's a viable thing. His shoes, like that that aspect of it. All right, so I'm going to sell this. So you do not think his greatest accomplishment will be his NBA, his but basketball if, career? If we're including the shoe as part of the NBA career, I would buy that. Okay. I do not. I think in the end, I think the thing that is going to be the most lasting is his shoe because it's still popular. It still sells really what, well. What you have to ask yourself is: Does him winning a national championship or taking going to the Final Four as Memphis's head coach does that surpass? I think ultimately, the, so like if he wins a, if national, he wins a national championship, championship, I think that is his single biggest accomplishment. Okay, but here's the problem with if let's say because initially you're thinking, well, what if he goes on a Final Four run? Mm-hmm. Here's the problem, as I mentioned to you last night when I wrote out was that since 1990, the 1990 Super Bowl, I wrote mm-hmm. out every champion in order. Yeah, if you, don't you ask the Final Four, if you yeah. ask me to do Final Fours, I can, I can kind of remember. But not really. And I watched I every say, single one of those games. Here in Memphis, it would be remembered. You remember 73. You remember 85. Right, I you think remember we're talking. I think the premise of this question is basically, if Penny were to go in front of, or Penny's representative went in front of the Hall of Fame committee, what would be the first item presented in his career? Well, right now, he's already being presented to the Hall of Fame. It's, it's, but it's basically off his, best, his playing career. His, like he's literally, He's a finalist for the Naismith Hall of Fame. This this coming year, it's the first time he's ever been included in the finalist list. Um, I will not cop out. I will give the answer. If if we say the shoe's separate and that's a Nike creation, mm-hmm. which is fine, I would buy it that I think his NBA career will be the most successful portion of his career. Okay. Because even Greatest with, accomplishment is how I phrased it. Even with, even with the injuries and whatnot, playing 17 years. 15. 15 what seasons. 15 seasons. 15 seasons was like six years of it were like really good. You know, like really, really good. Like for, he made multi, you know, made first team all NBA, made multiple all-star games, went to the finals, won a gold medal with the second dream team. If I mean, you will. I still think he is an active participant in one of the most memorable all-star games. The 50, whatever, the 50 greatest players. Was that mm-hmm. Phoenix? Yeah. And... Um, obviously, you know, yeah, injuries robbed him of, I think, at least a few years of his prime. Um, and so that that obviously was really unfortunate. And I think when you really get down to it with Penny Hardaway, yes, like part of something people don't calculate enough into like 
why he's doing what he's doing now is like how his playing career ended. Like I think that drives him in some no, ways. No, I, I think that's a huge part of it. I think the problem it's not I everything have, for him, but it's the part other, of it. The other issue I have with solidly saying, what is his career away from Shaq? Like it was lucrative. I mean, well there was yeah. He was he was really good that year. Shaq was hurt most of the year. That was where he really became a stud. Um, or like a star in the NBA, a true like you know the people, and it, but it le- also led to some issues. Remember, it was like who's number one? You know, is there was some discussion of his. Well, literally, p- Penny was number one. <laughs> well, no, but like there was some discussion of his Penny like a number one guy, um, and you know, obviously that whatever happened, like it's weird. It's ultimately Shaq left. You know, like I don't think it was one single thing that made him leave, but he left to go to L.A. and. Uh, that it's hard to say because of the demarcation. You're right that he really didn't do anything post Shaq in terms of accomplishments, but at the same time, that's also coincided with when his injuries happened. You know, like that. Right. To me, that was why I think he. If he doesn't have the knee problems he had, I think he does. I don't know if he wins a title without Shaq, but I think he he's he's remembered certainly much differently even than he is now, and he has a pretty good reputation as is as a player. Yeah, I'm trying to look at his best season post. Well, I'm going to buy this as well because the only you're right. I, to me, there's only two scenarios in which Penny outdoes his NBA career to me. And it's taking Memphis maybe to a Final Four, certainly a national championship, or if he becomes like an NBA coach at some point. I, I'm, I'm just, this is all... Very what if, and that's why I'm buying part of the reason I don't think can it's I, really necessarily going to happen. Can I sell Penny being an NBA coach? I do not yeah. believe that that's in the future for a lot of reasons. Probably not. Um, probably not. But it also, you know, I, I I hope he goes to the Final Four or the National Championship at some point. But um, I really hope he does it. This and I'll year. say this: he's going to get the he unless you know he's going to get the runway to do it. Ultimately, to try to do it, like he's you know like I, like he has runway that other coaches don't. I know, like yeah, no, I know I people yeah. like sometimes get frustrated with him or whatever, but like they're not going to move off of him as coach easily. Certainly, and I I've told you in the past, I, my prediction would be it'll never come to the it'll never come to what it came to with Larry Finch th- this time around. I don't, some, not, it'll happen differently. I'm not big on never. I would say this though, it'll happen differently. If it ever happened. Like, I think it's going to be on Penny's terms, ultimately. Like, you can't... I, I don't know. Some people would disagree with that. But I think... I guess I'm taking it in a little different direction. To me, the way I would phrase it is, to those that... The extreme, extreme minority that wants something else, mm-hmm. I think you will quickly learn this job is... You've got... you. In my opinion, at this point in time, and th- where they... Where they are in the ecosystem and everything, this is the best it's going to be in terms of someone that can maximize uh, maximize donations, NIL, however you want to phrase it, and get players. Well, it'll come down to the same thing even it came down to with Larry. Is like ultimately as long as he's getting people in here like and putting together teams that can give you hope going into the season, it'll be fine. Yeah, I also think it's, a, it's also not a fair comparison. In the end... Larry's real downfall is not getting Tyler or Tony Harris. Mm-hmm. Well, it's just that whole class. Right, but it's really 
Tony Harris that yeah. like really rubbed people the wrong way. And high school basketball, while still being important, it is not like that anymore. Yeah. Like, no. think about how many guys locally Penny hasn't gotten. That's never even been, like, an issue. Like, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, some of them he hasn't even really gone after, and some, yeah, recently he hasn't gotten. Um, and, like, I mean, next, it'll be interesting to see next year. And I don't know if there'll be a local guy on the team. Maybe there's a walk-on or something, but, like, um, Malcolm's going to be gone and Jaden's going to be gone. If you want to count Jaden as a local guy, obviously, you know, Ashton didn't never spent much more than a couple weeks here, you know, in Memphis before he – uh, <laughs> came here, so um, it's uh, it'll be interesting to see how that shakes out. But it was really cool to see. I, I and I, I wrote this last summer. I really think Penny. Like, so it was interesting. We were looking up. Like some people were going, "Oh, maybe Penny's jersey will get retired." He was inducted, Jeffrey, into the Magic Hall of Fame in 2017. I don't that I don't think that precludes jersey retirement. You can be in the Hall of Fame and get your jersey retired, right? Maybe. I would suspect um no. You know one or the other? Is that the magic rule? Well, I presume everyone that's in the Hall of Fame, everyone that's jersey. Should re- Orlando have retired Shaq's jersey? That's um, another interesting question to me. I think well, it's I right see, because would, he's the first star the franchise ever had and that even though he left abruptly. Well, there's like the question of without that run does Orlando like do they stick with it? I don't know. Yeah. He well, made I was actually there. thinking about this. Does that mean you now have to retire Dwight Howard? Yeah. Yeah. No, that was immediately where I was like, both got him to a finals. Yeah. I don't know. Not don't a competitive know. finals, but both got him there. That's a, that's an interesting one. Like, does that set that it's, up? Yeah, that's, that, could be an, that could be an awkward one. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> um, nonetheless, um, I, I just liked, I don't know. I, I liked those teams even, you know, I didn't even... No, I had never been to Memphis. I didn't know Penny Hardaway. I was someone who was introduced to Penny Hardaway through the Orlando Magic. Um, and it was that was that was a nice moment last night, I thought. Uh, I yeah, enjoyed it. It was fine. Uh, it was fine. Um, all right. Buy, sell, sure to go to Reddit. Let's talk some Grizzlies here real quick. They all play right. they play the Houston Rockets tonight at FedEx Forum. Seven o'clock tip right here on 92.9 FM ESPN. Pre-game at 6.30. And... Dylan Brooks back at FedEx Forum. There will, I assume there will be no welcome back video this time. He got it the last, right? Yeah. You'd uh, only get it the yeah. first time. Um, Dylan Brooks will be back at FedEx Forum, playing more like the Dylan Brooks we remember lately mm. uh, for the Rockets. They've kind of trailed off a little bit here, I believe, yeah, of the- late. Um, but it's interesting because I guess, you know, like at this point you got to, you know, at least this is a little something, you know, in this matchup. I know it's... A Grizzlies team that hardly resembles the one that he played against even a few weeks ago. Um, but uh, Vince Williams has kind of taken over his role at this point for the Grizzlies. Would you say that's accurate? He's not the same player, you know. Like he's different. Yeah, different, uh, but yeah, tweaks he, to it. But I like, would argue he's the closest thing to the Dylan Brooks role that yeah. we've seen. Um, and so, and obviously he's signed now for the next few years. He's in the Rising Stars game on Friday. Dylan, the last time when he was here, the you know the last time spoke glowingly about him. Uh, you know, seemed to be seemed to recognize. You know, he he seemed to recognize that he you know Vince had a little something something to him. You know, like a little little something similar to him. Um, and so here's my buy sell shirt to go to Reddit for you, Jeffrey. Dylan Brooks will be better than Dylan. Uh, excuse me, Vince Williams will be better. Than Dylan Brooks. 
over the long haul. Okay. Buy, sell, short, or go to Reddit. So I think there's a reasonable case to be made that Vince Williams will never make as much money as Dylan. And maybe what Dylan's got an all defense, correct? Yes, last year was his first one. All defense. I could make an argument. I think he's going to be a better player for the Grizzlies mm. and what they'll need him for than Dylan was because I, when you just said that, I immediately went and looked. Uh, buddy, we had a five for 19 two nights well, ago. Well, so like, who's hurt? Just, Someone's hurt right now, and he's, so he's, he's taking more shots. It's one of those moments for the Rockets. They're missing someone right now. The last thing you need is more is guys to get hurt around Dylan. Has has Jalen Green been playing or he's been out? I think it's maybe Jalen Green's been out for them. Maybe. I, I I'm I'm sorry, I don't I wasn't watching Rockets games on League Pass. <laughs> um I know you were counting Super Bowl champions. Yeah, exactly. Here would be uh, Fred Van Vliet. Fred Van Vliet's okay. out. Yeah, so he's been he's been picking up the slack for Van Vliet. Will Steve O be there tonight? I would is Steve on America? I think yeah, I think there was photos taken of him with the Rockets the other day. I, I don't know. Maybe did I guess don't I would assume you have to go to Houston to make it official or whatnot. Like, yeah, you probably got yeah, to take a physical, yeah, take a physical yeah. and stuff. Um, my guess is no. Uh, that that would be my guess. No Steve O tonight. No, no, no Steve O say tonight. bye to the crowd. Give him like a formal maybe, fare- I mean, farewell. Be nice. Uh, do we know is he packed up? Maybe like maybe does like a probably still has trip. his place here. That's I what mean, I'm saying. certainly like, still you know probably has some things he might need to take care of here in yeah. Memphis. So get a free flight with the team. Yeah, I mean, I suppose <laughs> it's possible. And like, well, I, you know, I don't know, but they they did mention. Remember when he came to Chicago at the end of his tenure with the Grizzlies? That they made note of like he was finally healthy enough where he could fly. You know, like he was. Yeah. He was far enough long in his rehab where it was smart for him to be sitting that way on a plane for long periods of time. Um, so, so to me, the key difference with Vince and why I say he's a better could be a better player for the Grizzlies mm-hmm. than than overall than Dylan was. It's because a bad Vince Williams night's like one for six. Yeah, you don't get into the not five for nineteen. Correct. You don't get into that territory. <laughs> now, it's also important to note with Dylan. Vince Williams is not the guy that on one possession guards Carl Anthony Towns and then the next possession guards, guards Anthony Edwards. And he doesn't he he doesn't have quite I mean Dylan had shorter arms but was like six six, six seven and like much, bigger. He was just bigger. Sturdier. Yeah. Just more broad chested, yeah, bigger guy. Um so I Vince. don't think Vince, he, is a, Vince is more lanky. Yeah, and again, he's a good well, but has long like has yeah. long arms. Um, but I don't think he can guard the number of different types of players. Really, the like when you think back to it, the only players that really consistently work Dylan, Luca. I mean, we remember the LeBron playoff series, but like I, I don't remember a lot of those head to head. But Luca's really the only one that stands out. It's like, eh, Luca's got his number, and I think part of it though is because of Luca's. The, we talk about broader chested, whatever you want to say. It, like Luca's thicker. Mm. And he can kind of he could kind of play at that speed. I still think I'm gonna end up. I think I'm gonna sell this. Do so you think Dylan ends up better than Vince? Dylan had a really good career. Like it ended really sourly, but I mean, in the end, well, I think if it, Vince Williams walks away for a ninety million or whatever the equivalent is at that time, I don't know, five mm-hmm. years. I mean, he got. What two contracts? Dylan, Dylan got so two Dylan contracts. Got, 
Dylan got well. One, Dylan got. He wasn't on a two way. There were no two ways. Right. I don't think when Dylan got drafted. Um, but then he remember he got the he basically got the option picked up the whole way, and then got the the that three year thir- it was like three year thirty five million dollar extension. Yeah. Right. And then that expired after last season, and he got the ninety million. So he's you know he's made probably what. He's made, this point, he, made, he's, he made 38.8 with the Grizzlies. Okay. And so he's making 22 this year, 22 so, so next he's, year. So he's made $128 million ultimately in his career at this point. Let's, I'd venture to guess Dylan winds up making, if he's made 130, he ends up making $150 million in his career. At, right? So Dylan's at 38.8, and then he's going to make 86. So that's. Let's see, ninety. So that'd be it's ninety. Like hundred ten, hundred ten, twenty million, something like that. One hundred twenty-six. Yeah, something yeah. like that. I bet he makes another twenty-five after that at the end of his career on like one-year deals, whatever. And he's gonna end up making one hundred fifty million. Yeah. But what's more important, the money or being like a winning role player, like a guy who's remembered, and like maybe the money comes at that. Well, point. that's why I think that that's why I made the distinction between better player or better player for the Grizzlies because I think that matters because that's essentially. But the it question also you're could asking. be like Dylan Brooks, could, like maybe Houston becomes like really good with Dylan Brooks over the next couple of years. I don't you know, like you're also betting against that or betting for that partially maybe too. No, essentially what I'm betting on is that Vince Williams is going to have at this point a 10 year NBA career. That's what I'm saying. And you think I he'll guarantee? But is it? Are we going to base it on how much money they make, or like how much success they have on the court? Or a com- I mean, it's probably it, a combination it, of both. I mean, when you in the end, if it comes down to who is the better player, mm-hmm. more times than not, money will reflect. It's not always. It's not. A, it's not a guaranteed rule, but more times than not, if Vince Williams is that good, he will. It will mm-hmm. be reflected. Yeah. Because I also think part of this depends on like. Does the style of the league stay the same? Like, if the league veers ba- ever veers back over the next ten years to like what it was in the nineties, yeah, that, I just don't ever see that happening. Yeah, because I think has there been a league that's gone more that's made because in the end we're talking about rules changes. Has anyone made rules making it easier to defend? Yeah, NHL hasn't correct. Like, apparently, no. Most people believe the whole reason like why a lot of these young guys that are coming in are so small. It's because the game can't be as physical anymore. We know the NFL hasn't. I mean. I, Yes. No, even baseball has gone more yeah. like move. You can't switch. You can't do the shift. Yeah. And- yeah. So, all right. I am going to I'm gonna go out on a limb and I'm going to buy this. Because I think you're right. People are underestimating how much Vince Williams is going to have to do to be remembered as better than Dylan Brooks. But the one thing I've started to feel about Vince Williams watching him, he does a lot. More. I don't know if he does. He plays if he's a better defender than Dylan Brooks. I think he does more things well on the basketball court than Dylan Brooks. Spoke, He's a more versatile player. I spoke than about Dylan this with Brooks. Harrington. They're guys that are always the ball's always around them, mm-hmm. and there's some like I don't know how you quantify that, whatnot. But I take notice of like on defense. He's he's around the ball, like making things happen. He's got long. I was I was I know his college coach Mike Rhodes a little bit, and I was talking to him about Vince Williams, and he's yeah, long arms, quick hands. That's yeah. what that's what Vince Williams has on defense that helps him, and he's like, he's just not going to back down from you, and that that goes a long way when you have seven foot when you have a seven foot wingspan, and I just think we, we've seen his he's got some playmaking to him. He can be a ball handler and a pinch for you. 
He, you know, he can guard all sorts of positions. He's not a great ball handler. I actually, I mean, he's he. I think he's a good passer. He's a good, good facilitator. Passer. Let's no, put no, it that way. He's not a great ball handler. He's he can run your offense in a pinch. That's how I'm phrasing it. He can run your offense in a pinch. You don't. Well, you're right. You don't want him as your point guard, um, but he can run your offense in a pinch. And as of now, you know, like his one knock his first couple years in college was he was not a good shooter, and then he became a good shooter his last year of college, and he's continued to be a pretty good shooter in the NBA. And if he continues to shoot like this. I just think he's going to be a really valuable player on winning teams for a long time in his career if he's this player. And so I'm going to bet. I'm going to bet on. But I think you're right that people underestimate how much more he has to do. Like Dylan, the way Dylan left has tainted how you know how people some people at least remember his contributions because he was he's a pretty good player. And you know I don't know if he I don't know if Vince Williams gets to 150 million. You know, like I don't know. You know, but I I also I'm not sure Dylan Brooks is ever going to be like part of a huge winning team. You know, like I don't know if I I think Vince Williams does a lot more things that might be able to help you win a title than Dylan Brooks. All right, when we come back, David Cobb joins the program. Stick around, listen, Jane Otter and Jeffrey, 929 FM, ESPN. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Giannato and Jeffrey broadcast live from the Red River Toyota Studios. Check out Red River Toyota in Wynn, Arkansas. This hour of G&J is brought to you by the Next Generation 10G Network, only from Xfinity. The Giannato and Jeffrey Show on 92.9 FM ESPN. David Cobb writes about college football and college basketball for CBS Sports. Follow him on Twitter on X at David W. Cobb. Cobb, what's the latest in the court proceedings with Tennessee and the NCAA? The last I read was that the NCAA attorney had to explain what the difference was between enticements and negotiating on NIL and didn't apparently give a very good answer. <laughs> it's, it's always amazing, isn't uh-huh. it, when uh, this jargon gets presented in, in, in court and people who are by nature intelligent people – well-versed in deciphering complicated subjects such as judges and congressmen and lawyers, they get real confused real quick uh, when the NCAA starts trying to explain itself. And uh, that seems to be what's going on in uh, in court uh, over in Greenville, Tennessee this week, where, uh, yeah, Tennessee is seeking a temporary injunction on these NIL rules. And if they get it, 
then essentially we're going to see the end of this idea uh, of, of NIL being anything other than, than pay-for-play, right? So they haven't gotten that injunction yet. When they get it, though, the, the dam will break sports, and, uh, and this all the NIL payments and stuff will, will, will be out in the open. I loved the fact that someone paid to have the Tennessee banner there at the courthouse, hanging up at the courthouse. That, to me, is the sign of a big-time Big time athletic program. Mm-hmm. When you have fans that are nuts Tail, enough, tailgate in the court, the court proceedings. Fans that are nuts enough to pay a bunch of money, just to, whether it's like have something fly over a stadium, right? When you have boosters like that, that means you're big time. That's that, that's oh, my, that's what my gut tells me. Oh, without a doubt, that that is Tennessee to a T. The, the, the Tennessee people right now are so thrilled that they are the ones picking this fight against the NCAA. Because like most fan bases around the country, they feel as though they've been unfairly treated by the NCAA over the years. They're still bitter that Bruce Pearl's barbecue got him in so much trouble 15, 20 years ago. And the list goes on. Now they've been, they feel like they've been um, targeted again amid this stuff uh, with, with Nico, the quarterback. And so, yeah, if Tennessee is the one that takes down the NCAA, the fan base will take as much as much pleasure in that as anything that's happened since 1998. What happens if they don't get this injunction? Because right, wasn't who wasn't there an injunction that was not granted last week? Well, the judge essentially said in the Tennessee case that they need more time. Okay, so, so they basically they pulled the the Michigan didn't Harbaugh and this was kind of what the judge said with Harbaugh on the injunction. They're like, eh. Well, Michigan ultimately pulled that. The right, but didn't they keep it going for a little bit? Yeah, I'm not sure. They just delayed the the judge ultimately delayed it initially, and that was really when Michigan lost. And then that net, before the next court hearing, they pulled it beforehand and accepted the you know self and or whatever accepted the suspension. Um, so no, but what what happens if they don't get the injunction? Well, they're they're going to have to kind of go along with this NCAA investigation, which is still in the early stages. I mean. We, we received word, right, uh, Pat Forty broke the news a week or two ago or whenever it was about this major infractions case involving Tennessee. Well, I mean, I, I'm not even sure that they've gotten the full notice of allegations yet. So so it would still be very, very early on in an NCAA investigation process that, as we know, probably ends up taking two years or more. And, and by that time, does the NCAA still exist? Probably not. Any. And by the time that the case is, is really adjudicated, uh, the, the rules have probably changed again. You know, So I, ultimately, I'm not really that worried on Tennessee's behalf that any penalties will, will, will come from this. Okay. Uh, I'm curious. We are now, I believe it's this weekend, Cobb, where we'll get our first look at like the top four seeds in the NCAA tournament, correct? I think that's, that's right. Yeah, yeah. That's, four weeks out from Selection Sunday. Yeah, it's, uh, and it's, so it, they do the mock you know, they, they bring some of the media in to show them, uh, here's why you're you're going to be wrong when you criticize us in our uh, our uh, bracket. There's a metholo- methodology to all this that, you know, you don't understand. There's that aspect of it. But then we also get the committee together for the first time to, like, hash out, okay, here's what the top four seeds would be as of today. Uh, and we get them revealed. I'm curious as you think about that, what do you think is the team – is there going to be a team that, like, the computers and what the, the pundits think is a good team or necessi- or maybe a team outside of it? Like, who do you think the committee will be a surprise team in this, whether, you know, a good way or a bad way? 
Yeah, I think people might be annoyed if they look up and see a struggling Kansas team somehow sneak into that that fourth number one seed slot. Uh, but if you go and look at the resume and the victories over UConn and Tennessee and Houston, right? Then who has three better wins than that in college basketball? I mean, Purdue has a comparable resume, but the top of what Kansas has done is really solid. And maybe the Ken Palm numbers don't love Kansas as much, but uh, in the recent performance, the eye test has been a, a, a doozy of a clunker for Kansas as of late, but you go and look at that resume and six quad one wins and, and who some of those wins are against. I wouldn't be surprised if they're higher in that bracket reveal than, than most of the country expects. Well, I think to your point, it's like, okay, yes, they had the clunker, but it's like who, you know, North Carolina has been stubbing its toe recently. Tennessee, you know, they, they have the, the, I don't even know like who would end up being, who would end up being that fourth. That's kind of where such a mystery right now. So that's, I mean, that's college basketball, but you got to me, people say there's parody and like anybody could win it. Well, to me, I see a pretty clear separation between UConn, Purdue. You can put Houston in that category too. And then you draw a line and then it's everybody else. And that fourth number one seed is probably going to be a team that really doesn't deserve it right now. It could be Arizona, Marquette, Kansas, uh, Tennessee, Iowa state, uh, South Carolina keeps winning. Let's talk about them there, you know. But uh, after that, I mean, it's just like uh, anywhere between the fourth number one seed and about the seven seed line in college basketball, it's just a, a total grab bag, and anybody could beat anybody on a given night. Yeah, and I guess that's kind of the other thing. It's like how much hand-wringing can there be when there's still five, what are four and a half weeks of basketball left? But, like, I care more about this because I do think that they kind of tip their hand into, like, what their pri- – like, I feel like each each year they do this, they kind of tip their hand into, like, what this committee specifically prioritizes. Yeah, no doubt. So it'll be interesting to get a, get a look at it, get a, get a glimpse, get an insight into what they're thinking and where they're going because this, this is going to inform the bracketology moving forward. You know, our, our Jerry Palm and, and Joe Lunardi, they're going to look at what this, this uh, reveal shows us on – Saturday, and then that's going to recalibrate every uh, bracket projection they file over the coming weeks. So it'll give give teams a good idea of where they stand. Like I'm curious to see what they think of of Duke, for example, uh, a team that is you know could be as high as a two or a three, but I think you could also argue uh, could be as low as a, as a seven, right? So uh, that that's one example of, of where we're going to get a read on on things uh, this Saturday. I can, I can already tell you what the Blue Devils are for me. That's a team that I might bet on in the first round, and then I can't wait to fade them in the second round. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, they'll come out hot. They'll probably play in – does Greensboro have a region this year? The Charlotte. Uh, Charlotte. Charlotte. There you go. Charlotte. They'll come out in Charlotte. They'll look good. And then if they go up against anyone, I, I'm going to take that other two. Well, well to that point, because Memphis is the host of a site this year for the first and second rounds and a round of 64 and 32. And I am interested where Tennessee lands. Whether ten- like To me, if Tennessee's a top-four seed – they're going to be in either Charlotte or Memphis. Charlotte is actually closer to Knoxville, um, even though it's a different state, obviously. Um, but what do you make of that? Like, are they anything more than the typical Rick Barnes Tennessee team that you don't really trust when push comes to shove? Or are they better than that? I know you know Connect has been really good, but like you know, like ultimately, I still haven't been convinced they're anything more than the typical Rick Barnes Tennessee team. You know, I think they are. And, of course, does that guarantee that they're going to make it to the Elite Eight or the Final Four for the first time in program history? No. Anything can happen in the NCAA tournament. 
I think Tennessee is better equipped, has a larger probability, a better chance of surviving in March this season, though, because of the way their offense has improved. And Dalton Connect is a huge part of that. But what it comes down to is whether or not they're getting anything from Vescovi, from Josiah Jordan-James, and from Zakai Ziegler. If two of those three guys have a good game, then Tennessee wins. If one of them has a good game, Tennessee eh, might win, might lose. And if all three of them are off, which has happened a few times this year, uh, they're going to lose. And, and against Texas A&M this past weekend, Tennessee just got manhandled on the offensive glass. And then Texas A&M, which was one of the worst three-point shooting teams in the country, got really hot from outside. And so, you know, if if all three of those guys had been hot for Tennessee, uh, maybe they could have kept pace. But uh, they, they didn't play well offensively around Dalton Connect. And when you get beasted on the boards and let, let your opponent, you know, cook from three-point range, I mean, you're, you're going to get blown out. And that's what happened to Tennessee at Texas A&M. Changing gears on you a little bit, I told Mark this off the air. You know what? Now that Chris Holtman's been let go, you know what I'm really rooting at for. Ohio State. <laughs> what? Mick Cronin. I want both UCLA head coaches, one to be an offensive coordinator, and the other one just go be like I, I want UCLA to just go end up being the the <laughs> UCLA head coaches just go to Ohio State. That actually makes so much sense, though. I didn't even think about it, about Mick Cronin in terms of Chip Kelly having just left to go to Ohio oh, yeah. State. That actually, to be the offense coordinator. Makes, that makes it even more hilarious. Yes, but correct. Also, like, why hire Mick Cronin when they hired Chris Holtman? Mick Cronin was coming off of a 30-win season at Cincinnati back then and, like, had the Bearcats rolling. And they went with Holtman, and I, I don't think they made the right choice there. But I bet so Holt, Holtman was listen. Butler, right? Not yes, Xavier. Butler. Yeah, not Xavier. I almost wonder if it literally is just like an ego thing. Like we're not high, Ohio State going. We're not hiring the Cincinnati coach. Right. Well, they, they should look at him now. I know. I know Cronin uh, would be. <laughs> he does interested. not seem happy right now. Yeah. It, well, in in the Chip Kelly stuff has brought to light how much of a struggle it is for UCLA with NIL. Because the new coach who they hired is getting all this love for trying to raise money, and they're like, "Wow, Chip never did this." And uh, I know, I know, Mick Cronin is also suffering from that NIL predicament, and I don't think that would be nearly as big of an issue for him at Ohio State. Ohio State is one of like those underrated great no, jobs in college basketball. Hundred percent, because because the, the the focus is on college football, the football team, but they still invest in basketball, and they're not. Like, Holtman got a lot of time. Yes. Like, they have a pretty long leash. Thad Motto was not the greatest head coach, but had that thing rolling. And he's like, not. you can find another Thad Motta. No, it's to me. I, and I that's think, what they were trying to do with Holtman. I and think they, it's. You know, it, it, but they'll, they'll, like, if I was them, I, I want Michigan to do this, but I don't think they have the, stunts. the money. I don't think they have the money. They're not investing, like. Michigan, for instance, has the same dynamics of everyone loves football and like basketball secondary, but Michigan doesn't invest in basketball the way Ohio State does, I don't think, personally, from what I understand. And like, I, if I was him, like, I'd try to get like Nate. Nate Oates is from the Midwest. He was a high school basketball coach in Detroit. Like, I'd go get, if I was Ohio State, I would back the Brinks truck up to go get Nate Oates or something like that. But okay. I don't know if, the, you know, I don't know if they're going to, you know. Yeah, but isn't. But the, I think they're going to have their pick of coaches. I think the McCronin thing makes a lot of sense. I, and I think they're, it's going to be – that's going to be the most attractive job when push comes to so, shove on the market. I think, honestly, the most interesting thing to me, Cobb, and I know I guess technically it's not open yet, I'm very fascinated what the Louisville candidate pool looks like this year. Because mm-hmm. I, have, I have my questions if it's still the job that 
it's perceived to be. Because, and maybe, you know, maybe we find out after this round, everyone's like, hey, we need to get, like, someone was going to have to pay this bill, cycle through it. Now we think the little job's great. But I think the candidate pool is going to tell us, like, when you use the UCLA football example, Deshaun Foster may wind up being a great coach, and I, I wish him well. That hire to me screams, like, not a serious hire. Mm. Oh, no, I agree with you. I mean, and that's, you could argue maybe that's what Kenny Payne was for Louisville, and now where do they go from here? Right. Uh, also interested to see if Indiana opens because yeah. Indiana is on a fast track to missing the NCAA. I'd rather have the Ohio State job than the Indiana job. Yeah, but absolutely. If you're Dusty May, uh, yeah, yeah, yes. If you're right, if right. you're Dusty well, May, will Dusty not... get offered both? Well, I think Dusty May would be a natural candidate for the Ohio State opening, and, and for the Louisville opening, for that matter. I mean, he's he's a very successful coach at Florida Atlantic who uh, has been right. But geez, what, what are the odds of? What are the odds that Indiana Ohio State put contracts, both of them, in front of him? I can see Indiana. I get all the, the connections there. Like, I just wonder if, he, if he's up for both, if he gets to pick. No, I mean, I think he should be in the running for, for Ohio State. And, and I think what's interesting to me about the Ohio State job, too, is the timing and with, with regard to the athletic director. Because Gene Smith's the one making the firing, but uh, it's going to be Bross Bjork who, who ends up making the hire. Uh, that, that could, that's interesting in all this. As well, who does he have connections with? What what does his history tell us? I would assume Gene Smith consulted with Ross Bjork on this decision today. And if I know Ross, if I know Ross like I know I do, uh, Ross will not be unilaterally making that decision on who to hire. (laughs) Ross is it? Ross might be first ballot Hall of Famer of making sure everyone in the room is happy. Okay, well then uh, let's let's bring it local to Memphis. Then uh, I saw a name bantered about uh, Scooney Penn, former Ohio State mm. player. You know, on the Grizzly uh, staff, interesting. Yeah, where where are we at these days on the revered former player? Right, because I mean maybe Penny's pulling them out of this tailspin I just, right now. I just I think Ohio but. State can get a like. I think it, I think not if necessarily you're do revered former player. Scooney might be good. He hasn't has he ever recruited? I, like you know like I I don't know if he if, does he even want to recruit. You know, I don't know. But, like, I think Ohio State's going to be – like, I think it's a better job than Indiana. I think it's a better job right now than Louisville. I think it's going to be – like, that is a great job. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The Step Back 3. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. 
After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. A left 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months.